This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Episode 79. Black-Eyed Kids. I have always been a skeptic. That hasn't stopped me from reading the stories. Alleged first-hand experiences, hauntings, possessions. They're great for a quick chill, a cheap thrill, something I simply read to get my heart rate up. Getting scared can be fun sometimes, as long as you don't overdo it. In my lurking in books and on numerous sites on the internet, credible or not, I have come across many a story or account of ghosts, demons the Jersey Devil, you name it. Recently, I've found my way into stories about the black-eyed kids. No, these children did not get a black eye from a fight. I don't believe there would be a soul with the backbone to try and attack these kids. No, Becks are kids, if that was not straightforward enough, usually from all the accounts I've read in their teenage years. If they even physically age at all, that is. Their eyes are pitch black. No pupils. No corneas. No white showing at all. Pitch black. Often described with olive skin, they wear run-of-the-mill clothing, hoodies, jeans, t-shirts. However, in a non-physical sense, they always bring with them an overwhelming sense of fear and dread. They are oddly intriguing, and when approached by them, again from all accounts I've come across, it's like you're in a slight hypnosis, though you quickly snap out of it when your instincts take over, usually as you meet their eyes. Then there are theories. The theories about what these becks may be They range from lost souls to alien-human hybrids and even vampires, though the latter may be an extreme stretch. In the light of all this, I've always been a very fact-based person. If its existence was not apparent, or the existence of the thing in question wasn't testable or verifiable, to me, it did not exist. However, one night, One long, terrifying night, which still haunts me. This night showed me the proof required to open my eyes and my mind. 
My story begins when I left my mom's house. I'd gone over there to visit because my father, her husband of 50 years, recently passed away. And mom wasn't taking it too well. I knew she needed support from her loved ones. And I was more than willing to go visit and keep her company. But it was getting late. See, my mom lives in the suburbs. Tidy lawns, plenty of neighbors, paved roads. And even though it was nearly 11 p.m. when I left, the streets were very well lit. By streetlights that only lit the road. And glancing across the street, the houses were cast in eerie shadow. Even such a safe, charming little neighborhood can seem spooky and uninviting when cast in shadow. I admit, I was a bit chilled. Sliding into my car, I revved the engine and waved to my mother, who was standing in the doorway, wrapped comfortably in a warm shawl. She waved back, her old and fragile arm shaking. I saw her mouth be careful, and I smiled, backing out of the driveway. I turned out of the neighborhood, deciding to take the back way, the shorter way, home tonight. In hindsight, that might not have been the best idea. I live a significant ways away, out in the middle of the country in the old farmhouse I grew up in, which my father had left in my name when he and my mom had moved out into a smaller place that was easier to care for and more affordable. He, my father, had always told me, don't go out at night and always beware the devils. He was a strong believer in anything and everything paranormal. A very superstitious man, and I always had to resist the urge to laugh at his words, knowing he meant well. Driving down the dark country roads, there were no streetlights, and the half-assed paved road was cracked and filled with potholes. The fields on either side of the road were empty, just blank stretches of overgrown grass and untended shrubbery. The dark outline of the trees could be seen looming all the way across the fields on the shadowy horizon. One might have even seen a deer or two once in a while in those fields, but not tonight. The moon offered little light as the sky rolled with dark, threatening clouds ready to burst with rain at any moment. Sure enough, a few moments later, the low grumble of thunder sounded heavy long. However, no rain fell just yet, much to my pleasure. See, I hate driving at night, and in the rain, and putting those two together would end badly. I just knew it. Accompanied only by the occasional roll of thunder, I started to feel a bit anxious. I can't explain it, really. I just felt shaken up, probably because it was night and it could start raining. Or maybe, just maybe, I had been reading too many ghost stories and legends. And tonight seemed to reflect the mood of the stories I have come to read almost obsessively. In an attempt to calm myself, I flicked on my old car's radio and turned the old-fashioned knob back and forth 
slowing down a bit as I attempted to find a station that came in clearly. It found only static. Weird. There was a broadcasting tower near there. It usually came in perfectly, clear as day, but still nothing. The white noise and static of the blank stations was doing nothing to appease my anxiety. I gripped the steering wheel tightly as more thunder boomed from the sky. Aggravated, I forcefully shut off the radio, gritting my teeth. Glancing down at the dashboard, I noticed, much to my dismay, that I was nearly out of gas. Groaning, I searched the road for a sign. As I was scanning the side of the road, I noticed from the corner of my eye two figures walking along the roadside, shrouded in shadow. They were walking slowly. One turned around, walking backward, his or her thumb sticking out. I felt compelled to pull over, to give them a ride, and I found my hands turning the wheel slightly. But I pulled back, realizing just how stupid it would be for me to accept two random strangers into my car in the middle of the night on a backcountry road. I sped up and passed them, trying not to look at them as I did, though I felt oddly intrigued by them. As I focused on the road ahead, it started drizzling, dropping my mood another level. Along with the rain, the thunder seemed louder, closer, as the storm moved in. A few seconds passed before I gave in to my compulsion to look at the two figures, and I glanced in my rearview mirror. It seemed as if the two were walking faster, and the one no longer had his thumb out, but it had to be my imagination. How would I be able to tell if they were walking faster or not? It was rainy, it was dark, I was driving. Looking back at the road, I almost missed a sign that alerted me of a gas station up ahead. A sigh of relief passed my lips, and I slowed down, looking for any indication of the stop, pushing the thought of the two figures from my head. Soon, I was pulling into the gas station slowly as the rain began to pick up. The store was closed, but luckily they had a 24-hour gas pump service. This was good for me. If not, I'd have run out a few miles more down the road. I shut off my car and hesitantly shuffled out of the metal shell and glanced over my shoulder still not able to shake that nervous feeling that had manifested inside me earlier in the drive. I stood under the light of the overhang, trying to figure out how to work the pump. It seemed so overcomplicated in the dim light, and with my mind not being able to focus on this simple task, I was struggling. The rain picked up more heavier and louder against the concrete of the gas station as I finally managed to fumble the pump into my car with shaking hands. I had a horrible feeling that the shaking had little to do with the bitterly cold night air. Suddenly, the overhang lights of the gas station started flickering wildly, a couple going out altogether. It seemed as if the temperature dropped 20 degrees in a few seconds as I glanced around. 
a sinking feeling starting to blossom in my stomach. As if in slow motion, I turned around, facing back toward the road, the long, lonely road, and saw what I expected to see there. But even somehow knowing what I'd see, I still felt the drop in my stomach, the color draining from my face as I breathed a sharp, cold breath forcefully, as it almost caught in my throat. Across the street, the two figures were standing, facing me. They started crossing the street slowly but surely, and I fumbled with the gas pump. It had only been a few moments, but it seemed as if it was taking its precious time. I was shaking hard now as thunder boomed once more, and I looked back up. The figures were now at the entrance of the gas station, and my breath was quick and shallow as I blindly shoved the pump back into its holder, not being able to tear my eyes away from the figures. As they drew closer, I became frantic. Even though now, as they walked into the flickering light of the overhang, I saw they were just two teenagers. They looked ragged, frigid, soaked from the rain. I straightened up a bit, still terrified, but another compulsive feeling similar to the one I experienced in the car, was bubbling. I felt obligated to talk to these two. Though I insisted to myself that getting in and driving away was the safe bet. This was not a risk I should be taking. They were very close now. At the next pump, when I slid into my car, shaking wildly, fumbling for my keys. Cursing myself as I dropped them on the floor. Leaning down, I swiped them up and sat back up. A cold, sickening feeling as I came face to face with one of the teens who had his hand on my window, knocking slowly but forcefully. I cracked the window a bit, just a bit, no bigger than to allow maybe a small child's hand. Before I spoke, he spoke first, the other figure standing in the background, still, but I could see something of a grin there on her pale face. Can you give us a ride into town? We missed the bus and don't have a ride. He spoke slow, and something about his voice made me shiver. A cold chill swept down my spine and I opened my mouth, but no sound escaped. Clearing my throat, I glanced at the dashboard and at the keys in my hand. I, I, I'm sorry, but I'm not going into town. I stuttered, keeping my eyes down, not at the kids. However, the teenager knocked harsher and made me jump a little. As he insisted another time for a ride, I told him no once more and looked up, trying to seem intimidating. Which seems silly. Trying to seem intimidating to a child, but a horrible, chilling sight greeted me. I looked the kid right in the eyes and gasped harshly, my back hitting my seat as I instinctually attempted to back away. He had eyes. Oh, he did. But they were blacker than the night. Pitch black. No discernible pupils, no white whatsoever showing. Pure black, deep brooding, and surprisingly intriguing. But my fear got the better of me, and I quickly turned the key my engine revved to life. 
I thanked God, which I had never, ever done before tonight, that my car didn't stall. I began to pull away, and the kid banged on the window with a pale fist, screaming, We just need a ride. We're just two kids who need a ride. I took off quickly down the road, apologizing in my mind and a little out loud to my father again and again. I had laughed at him, never took his warning seriously. But after a few more minutes, I pulled into my driveway and ride onto my lawn in front of my porch. I didn't want to spend any more time outside than I already had. I jumped from the car, leaving the door open, and ran inside, slamming my front door and locking it, even going as far as to put a chair in front of the door in case someone or something tried to get in. Sinking into the chair in front of the door, I shivered uncontrollably and began to cry, hiding my face in my hands as two dark figures stood at the end of my driveway. Welcome, campers, to Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. We are your hosts. I am Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And now, the debrief. All right, welcome back. Another week. All right. Black-eyed kids. Yeah. Bex, if you will. This is already, I mean, just a terrifying topic, too. Like, sub- yeah. subject, whatever. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Subject matter is, yeah, it's, it's terrifying, because... Like, I, I almost put this in the same category as Ghost Kids. Yeah. Right? I mean, some people think they are, so... Exactly. That makes sense. So, yeah. And, uh... So this is... Yeah, this is already... This is already kind of a creepy one. Yeah, so, I knew you'd love it. With your aversion to creepy children. I mean, yeah. <laughs> this is right there. It's sort of like if you combine the, like, child ghost with, like, Stephen King's Children of the Corn. Which that shoot used to terrify me as a kid. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But I love that one. It's one of my favorites. I mean, yeah. Yeah, they're great. They're great for sure. But yeah, I like that this ends at such a it's almost like a cliffhanger. Yeah. And I, yeah. I <laughs> just skipping ahead, the funniest part about this whole thing to me was that he didn't even shut his car door. I know. I mean, even even if I was being chased, I feel like I would just quickly like <laughs> just you take know. that extra millisecond right yeah just to just to quickly shut it is isn't it also like pouring down rain or yes raining or yeah like whatever it's definitely raining but so, he does live out in the country so maybe he's a little more comfortable with his you know just like in general in life you know with his like rain soaked car no with like leaving his car open or yeah, leaving maybe. like yeah. even leaving his car unlocked and stuff like that you know like i would never leave my car unlocked I mean, right. my, yeah, me neither. Right. Like, I park my car in my garage, and I still lock my car before I come inside. Sure. But, like, I grew up in the country, and my parents left their cars unlocked every day. Yeah. I like, mean... It wasn't a big deal. A lot of people a lot of people do. Yeah. But not me. <laughs> it is funny. I wanted to have him in, like... I wanted to have him in like a complete panic where he's like doing shit that doesn't even make sense. He's right. just trying to like get to the security of his house. Oh yeah, no, I mean that, it makes perfect sense. Like this dude is he's racing. I mean, he's already feeling like this sense of dread, this this you know, this panic that he's in. Yeah. 
What, what to me, like, how did they get there so fast? That's one of they the things about... They were asking about, for a car ride. Yeah, that's one of the things about Bex, <laughs> is they, like, they seem to be able to, like, teleport, almost. They cover these insane distances in, like, no time at all. Then they didn't even need to go on that bus. Yeah, exactly. Missing the bus a was a moot point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, just not even, not even important. Yeah, that's that's one of the funny things is like they seem to be able to travel at an instant, but they they're frequently seen asking for rides. I mean, because they don't want to ride, they want to fucking kill you. Exactly. <laughs> I well, you know, <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh. yeah, this. So I mean, like the way that the, the way that this starts off, I mean, it just already starts in that kind of almost like that uh, set setting the mood and the tone of it, right? Yeah. Like you know, going to see like the grieving mother and all this other stuff, like you know, so yeah. you're already setting like the tone of this just kind of dark and and whatever yep. else, right? So like just the sadness, everything is there. And then to add all this on top of that is, yep. yeah, it works and out. And the weather, well. the weather is another layer, right? It creates anxiety in him, and it's also like a generally depressed setting. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I, I do like the, uh, like where he's, you know, he he's driving and then happens to see. Uh, see one of them, right? So uh, one or, or both, I'm not sure. Before he actually gets to the to the gas station, yeah, he sees both of them, but one of okay. them has their thumb out, right? Like they're yeah. hitchhiking. Yeah, I mean, maybe he should have stopped. Maybe, maybe things I mean, would have been fine. The thing is, like, this guy knows about Bex. He like right. he's read he's already read stories about them before this happens. So like. He, you would think that someone who knows and is certain in the moment that this is what they're encountering would know that like they can't do anything unless you invite them in right and you'd think that that would like relax the fear right and anxiety but it I doesn't mean, no no way dude yeah. it's it's that same that we've talked about numerous times especially this where they're standing at the edge of the drive yep. I mean I think of that as the same as I think of looking out the window and seeing someone yeah. staring back at me Yes. Right? It doesn't matter if they're not going to do shit. If they're not going to come inside unless you say, hey, come on in. Yeah. It's still. They're they're there. Yeah. You know what I I love about... Okay, I, I told you already off mic that in preparation for this, I read like, I don't know, 40 probably encounter stories. Right. With, with black-eyed kids. And like, I love the stories because it reminds me in a way of what I think is the scariest horror movie made in the last, like probably 25 years, which is strangers, the strangers, Hmm. the one with the people who, you know, wear the masks, knock on the door. Yeah. 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 Like, and they terrorize the family all night long from outside their house. Yeah. Like that scenario is probably the scariest. It's the scariest premise to me. For, for like an attack or an encounter ever. I mean, I could is. definitely see that for sure. And it goes with that, seeing the face outside the window, you look out your, the little glass in the side of your door and you see like just this weird figure standing under the streetlight, staring you down, you know, like, yeah, all those. Yeah. I mean, and especially in a case like that, it's, it's worse because you're singled out 
You yep. know, like the focus is on you. They've chosen you. Exactly. And you know it. You know, yeah. like it's doesn't matter what you do or whatever else. Like it's yeah. You are the yeah. focus. Yeah, it's scary, right? Like Yeah, they've chosen you. Like they're they're not going anywhere. They're there for you. Now, is it possible to outrun them? <laughs> I mean, can you walk like five miles in a minute and a half? <laughs> no. <laughs> then probably not. Damn. What about if you like drive over state lines? Is there like something that like holds them in that particular state and then they like call their like their neighbors and like, hey, we got them. They're coming your way. I think you, what you do is you go home and you line your whole fucking house with salt. <laughs> That's but what if I they're do. already at the end of the drive. So yeah, but they can't come in unless you invite them in. So what if you walk out there and you're like, you can't come in, you can't come in. And so, you're like <laughs> taunting them. Right. <laughs> just fuck with them. And you just, just start like back and forth drawing, the threshold. Like, cir- you know, circle, like salt circles around yourself. Exactly. Try and get me now. Try <laughs> See, now the danger of playing that game is something that I I made a small feature in the story, but is actually pretty prevalent in these encounters, which is the urge to do what they tell you. Uh, Yeah, because they're like, there's almost hypnotizing, right? Yeah, yeah. So like, if you're fucking with them and suddenly you get locked (sighs) in some hypnosis, yeah. But if you're quick enough to put a salt circle around you... Is that hypnosis as strong? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. Huh. I feel like this is a test. Yeah, we need to experiment. We test this out. We need some black-eyed kids. <laughs> I mean, no, we don't. Right, <laughs> no, we don't. Exactly. Please don't send any. Yeah, I don't, I don't want uh, any, actually. No, definitely not. For those of you at home <laughs> listening, if you'd like to volunteer as tribute, please yeah. call the number on your screens now. <laughs> exactly. Uh, if you have any Beck encounters, <laughs> message yeah, them to us. No doubt. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those, I don't know, the, the idea of, like, just dark, like, pitch black eyes is also terrifying. Like, there's yeah. something very demonic about that, right? I have a theory about that, actually. Okay. I think, I think the reason why it's so scary to people, I think the reason why, um... Bex would manifest that way, I think is, you know, there's all those cliches about like the eyes being the window to the soul. No. And like, it's, it's a huge part of, of gauging the character of a person when you meet them is eye contact, right? You get a lot from that eye contact. I think it's a big part of how people decide whether other people are trustworthy or not. Right. That's like, why one of the most basic things you're learning when you like if you take like a class on how to um how to like interview for jobs mm-hmm. it's like eye contact firm handshake but it's always eye contact right like that's a huge part when i was gonna someone. say like i don't i don't trust anyone with a limp handshake yeah, of course not one exactly. of those slimy fishy handshakes yeah. no that's the midwest in us <laughs> It is. No, but like, I'm saying, like, you know, eye, eye contact is just as important as that. But, yep. uh, yeah. But, yeah, the Midwest in us, definitely. If you meet someone for the first time, you better grab that fucking hand and Dude, mean it. I do. Like, I squeeze yeah. until they're like, Sam. 
and they squeeze back, <laughs> and then it lets me know, all right, yeah, we're yeah. gonna be okay. Yep, exactly. But that I think that eye contact is a huge thing, like on how people gauge other people's intent, yeah, and how they gauge like their character, right? So I think the idea of that being blacked out, the like making that assessment is unavailable when you encounter these things. So like that instantly creates like an unsettling feeling. Yeah. Right? Like I can't get a read on this thing the way I would a normal person. I mean, yeah, that and just, just pure darkness is all you see. So yeah. like window to the soul and it's liquid black. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's very easy to associate any type of negative, whatever yeah. with that. Right. But yeah. yeah, like to me, like I, I it's, it's very demonic. Yeah, and I think demons are characterized that way for the same reason, right? Because demons are always, they're always characterized as like being tricksters, being like unreliable, being um, dishonest. Yeah. All the things that you associate with someone who, you know, you can't fully understand, right? I think the, the blacked over eyes is, it's like a visual representation of that lack of understanding, yeah, no, I mean that makes sense. It definitely made it. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. I think being able to not not have an idea of the way that someone is, or whatever else, or not being able to judge someone's character, yeah. um, you know, it already like it creates this negative interaction, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, if you can't tell if someone's gonna be, you know, because I like to, I like to say that you know I'm a pretty good judge of character. Yeah, for the most definitely. part, and having that taken away from you would be it'd be tough. Yeah, it's anxious. Yeah, it instantly creates anxiety, right? And like people fear the unknown. So when it's a mystery on whether you can trust someone or not, that's something to fear. And their kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're you know, weird. Making sure not to leave that out. <laughs> yeah you want to talk a little about the origins of the black eyed kids yeah yeah all right so there this phenomenon is like it's often written off as like an internet meme like creepypasta right it's thrown into the same category as like slender man and hat man and, and the boogaloo like that, right. right sure <laughs> and skinjili man um so but the thing is, it's a lot of people, a lot of proponents of Black Eyed Kids being a real thing say that this is coincidental because when the cases started coming out, coming to light, was around the time that the internet caught on. It was like mid to late 90s. All right. Yeah. So it's just coincidental that it got big at the around the same time the internet did. So it's associated with that era, right? And people talk about Black Eyed Kid encounters now going back like to the 60s and 70s even. But the first the first big one was in 1996. It was um, through a mailing list that was run by a guy named Brian Bethel. Um, he claimed to have an encounter in Abilene, Texas and described a similar experience from another person in Portland, Oregon. And when that was, was in ninety six. So that happened in ninety six, but when was this actually like reported or documented? That year. 
when he wrote about it, it had just happened to him. Okay. So it's not yeah. like in 2016, such and such comes forward with the story. That happened 20 years ago. No. Okay. All right. No. Well, it was immediately after. I'll buy it. So I'll just give you a quick rundown on his account. Yeah. This is the most people agree that this is the first account of Black Eyed Kids. Okay. Okay. So he reported how events transpired on a late evening when he parked his car in a parking lot outside of a movie theater. He had stopped to write a check, but had not noticed two boys approach his car. So he, it was right across the street from his internet provider, and he was there to write a check to pay his dial-up bill and drop it in the drop box, which is the most 1996 thing I've ever heard. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... He was so absorbed in what he was doing that it was that it was only it wasn't until one of the boys tapped on his side window. He rolled down his window and immediately felt afraid but didn't understand why. The older boy said that they had come to watch Mortal Kombat. They had come to watch Mortal Kombat but forgot some money at home and were asking if Bethel would give them a ride home. The children assured Bethel that they were harmless, which is always a great <laughs> sign that someone's harmless. We're completely harmless. You have nothing <laughs> yeah. to worry about. Then he realizes that the last showing of Mortal Kombat, because he's standing right there at the... Was actually last the, year. Well, it had already started. Like, it, it was like a half hour earlier. Well, yeah, they're missing it because they don't have the money. Right. Exactly. So instead of address when he brings it up, instead of addressing it, they just start saying random short sentences like it's a short trip and we're just two kids who need a ride. <laughs> like I like cheese. Yeah, exactly. All this time he hadn't established eye contact, but the moment he did, he freaked out because he saw that the boy's eyes were totally black. Immediately he noticed the like right after that he noticed how pale they were and all like he started putting their appearance together. All right, and then yeah. he. Then he drives out of the park. He just takes off. Um, yeah. So that's it's Did a very simple him? encounter. No, it's it's a very simple lucky. encounter. Okay. Right. Um, in 2012, he told that story on the show Monsters and Mysteries in America. Like to this day, he maintains that all the details are accurate. That it's a legitimate encounter. All that he still stands by it. Huh. So. Yeah. So. It's, I love it because it's like a very 90s story, right? Like going to see Mortal Kombat, paying your internet bill in a drop box. I mean, wasn't like, your internet bill, wasn't that just, uh, it was just your phone bill, right? And to dial up. And yeah, yeah, it was all together. Unless they're also paying for their American online service. Right, buying those little discs. <laughs> Dude, I remember having just a stack of those discs. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's so weird. It is. It's it's actually. I mean, it's awesome. Yeah, I'm just glad that we got to experience that era. Right. I like, agree. I agree for sure. Kids now will never know. Right. The, the, they'll never know. You think of like a dial-up modem, and you instantly hear that sound. Yep. And that like, yep. how many ever minutes it took for it to connect? Like waiting to get online. Yeah. I always had to like race to get in like the Yahoo chat rooms to hang out with my friends and. <laughs> Yeah. You know, download music that would take an hour. I was going to say, I remember waiting like a day and a half to download um, 
a Blink-182 song. It was literally... And then I, I remember waiting for a day and a half. My older brother had had the internet. I didn't. So I went over to his house. And I was downloading on Kazaa. I was downloading a Blink-182 song. I don't know song. if you're supposed to say that right now. Yeah. Well... <laughs> <laughs> this is back then. You can't fault me for something that happened 20 That's years true. ago. That was like, yeah, exactly. It was like 20 years ago. Um, more than that, Jesus. Probably 25 years ago. Um, but I was downloading a Blink-182 song, and I waited a day and a half while it downloaded. A day and a half. And then only to find that it was the live version. <laughs> I was so pissed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like those like peer to peer networks and stuff like that, and like there's they like had forums and what yeah. uh, you know, I can't even remember a service that that I used back then. Obviously, not anything you know I do these these days because I can sure. pay for a Spotify you know sub and I have all my music I need. Uh, exactly. But like some of the some of those like uh, forums and chat rooms and stuff like that shared all these files. Like I found so much music back then. It was yep. almost easier back then to find some of these like yeah. obscure things than it is now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, now I can just listen to like a playlist that has all this other stuff. But like, I don't know. There was something that felt different about it then. It was more underground, right? right? It was. Like, it was. It seemed yeah. like more exciting, right? You felt like you were like getting in on something that most people weren't. Yeah. Right. And you're finding bands like Jack's Broken Heart. And I mean, that's literally or, how I yeah. how I found Jack's Broken yeah. Heart. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. So that's the era that this took place in. Um, but so black eyed kids appear as children between six and sixteen. That's generally the the age range. Okay. Um, they're often seen standing on the side of the road in parking lots or standing on people's front porches. I was getting ready to say, yeah. Yep, a lot of that. Oof. And um. These are just like some points, right? People often come away from encounters feeling ill. They, the black eyed kids often smell terrible, like rotten eggs or like brimstone, which is interesting. Like we talked about, they seem to be able to teleport impossible distances very quickly. Um, they're always asking to come in, right? So like the, the order of operations for, for the vast majority of these is they show up unannounced they have this like heavy thumping knock that's like slow and yeah it's always described like it stands out to the person who experienced it as like okay. not a way a person knocks on a door i mean it's like kind of lazily but like harshly at the same time <laughs> yeah exactly um it's sort of the way something enormous might knock on a door right it's like right yeah yeah it's weird um then they ask for something simple like for a ride or to use the bathroom or to use the phone which stands out a lot in in more modern encounters where like who asks to use someone's phone now hey bro can i borrow your phone to check my email (laughs) gotta check my myspace exactly they also stare at the ground until they don't like, well, yeah, they, they can't. They most can't. Of, yeah, they spend most of the encounter staring down, and then at some point they reveal their eyes, <laughs> and then the people freak out, but they don't usually run away. 
usually when they show the eyes, that doesn't end the encounter because there's like this internal battle going on in the experiencer between being like drawn to them and the fear of, you know, what's the, what they're being drawn to. All right. You know what? Yeah. I think I think that, that that first guy started this because a couple of hood rats were messing around. They had some blackout contact lenses. They were probably listening to some like Marilyn Manson or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And probably wearing some giant Jankos and definitely their hoodies and uh you know like they were messing with them. And I mean, some people on. think that that explains the whole phenomenon. Like, that it's just kids fucking with people. Yeah, salt. Yeah, that must be it. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Um, One thing that stands out to me, though, about Bex is that they're really similar. Like, in a lot of ways, they're similar to Men in Black. Like, the experiences are very similar. Like... The skin is either super pale or olive toned, or it looks like they have lots of like cake makeup on their face. Yeah. Or like the skin doesn't quite fit their body. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is weird. They have like the weird idiosyncrasies. Like there's one story I read where someone is at asks for ketchup to put on their apple. Like they're eating an apple and they ask someone if they have any ketchup that they can put on their apple. Are there any stories about them being fascinated by yes. by a pen? <laughs> I actually have in my notes being fascinated with everyday objects. Nice. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And then just running away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. That's such a weird one from the Mothman stuff. Yeah. Where they have the tiny man in black who shows yeah. up and then runs off with the pen. <laughs> I think it's my favorite one, though. It's so cute. <laughs> like, I, I always think of, like, the leprechaun from I the leprechaun movies. Cute, but. It's because it's tiny. All right. Like, I always think of the leprechaun from the leprechaun movies dressed up like a man in black (laughs) doing that (laughs) with the suit and the glasses. Could you spot a wee bit of gold? (laughs) Exactly. Um, They also have like droning monotone voices, which is also described a lot in men in black encounters. And, um, they ask the same questions repeatedly, like they have a script that they have to stick to. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's so some people theorize that, you know, men and, that Bex are like another version Just of the one and the black, same, basically. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of weird, but I, I see, I see where similarities lie for sure. Yeah. So the vast majority of encounters involve people who don't let them in. Right? Like it's assumed that terrible things befall anyone who does. You know, I'm in. I'm surprised. No, wait, I'm not surprised that there's more encounters of people that don't let them in because I'm sure the ones that let them in never live to tell about it. Right. See, that's what I was saying is like who's to say there aren't way more Beck encounters that we just aren't exactly. hearing about because the people vanish or they die or there are a few a few encounters of people who claim to have let them in and live to tell about it. So, like, one account, a couple lets them in, and they have this super weird set of interactions, like, lots of the weird Men in Black style stuff, 
And then they're picked up by two men in black suits driving an old black car. Right? After a while, they're they're picked up. And the people both have crazy health issues starting right after this encounter. Right. The guy dies. The wife lives. Also, their cats disappeared and their pet bird died within <laughs> like a week of this encounter. Well. Yeah. I I just... I, I don't know. I don't know if I, if I buy that, but... Yeah. I mean, you know, it, I don't know. It just seems extremely far-fetched. It's a lot. Like, there's just, I, I feel like they're just packing it in way too much. Yeah. Yeah. I I get that. But who knows? Who knows? It's a lot, dude. There's, like, the men in black tie-in. There's the health issues. There's pets disappearing. Like, and then, it's a lot. Especially if you're one that believes on the, the whole, like, idea of men in black being aliens themselves and then this possibility of these things being aliens trying to find their their home planet or get back to their home or whatever else like and however it's normally described in these types of uh, black eyed kids cases but um you know i yeah i guess i think of men i like to think of men in black as like interdimensional alien hunters yeah well now we're talking about like Will Smith themselves. and Agent, well, Agent J and K, right? Right. Like, <laughs> but I think they're like interdimensional entities, right? That are chasing these also interdimensional beings across, and they're like t- trying to tell people, like, shut up, because if you turn this into a huge thing, I'm never going to catch this thing. See, ever since like the first Men in Black movie came out, I've I've always wanted to be part of that secret like <laughs> yeah. thing. Like, when they go to, like, the air, you know, it's, like, inner, whatever. I mean, it's just, like, there's all these types of, yeah, all these types of, like, aliens and random, you know, random different species of people and whatever else that are walking around, like, everybody's anybody, you know? You don't think you would freak the fuck out? Maybe my first time. If you suddenly introduced to that? But I don't know, man. Like, at least being the way that I am. Yeah. And you know, I, I mean, yeah, of course. At first, one, one, one hundred percent. You think you could adjust, though? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. I would never talk about know. it. I, I would. Be I don't fine. know if I have the. Uh, I don't know if I have the intuitive skills to to be recruited by them. Really? Yeah, I think of like you know that scene where he does the test, right? <laughs> yeah, and he like he shoots the little girl. Yeah. Instead of the alien. Yeah. But with reason, though. Yeah, exactly. Like, I forget what he says, but, like, she shouldn't have been there at that, you know, like, yeah. you know, at that point in time, whatever. There was he's obviously like the something alien, a lot more suspect about her. Yeah, he's like, the alien, the alien above her is just trying to work out. This is like a eight-year-old girl with quantum physics textbooks. <laughs> like something's going on here right exactly yeah so that's what i mean i don't think i have those kind of intuitive skills i mean that's i think i think it's something that you would learn you know yeah just like Maybe. any job you get better yeah. at it yeah you just got to master the workflow exactly right? you learn you learn yeah. when to spot opportunities and you know sure so yeah bring on the men in black opportunities for me <laughs> 
Again, I know. won't talk about it. I won't tell anybody. If you're listening and you're looking for a prime candidate, look no further. <laughs> Agent I'm R. I'm at your service. Agent R. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> the the tie-in, I think, that makes like either the people who made this up, this story about letting them in, either they made it up based on knowing a lot about other Beck encounters or it lines up with a lot of other Beck encounters because a lot of the people who have encounters, even the ones who don't let them in have like a sudden onset of health issues afterward. Most often they have to get their appendixes removed within like a month of these encounters. That's really strange. Yeah. The it appendix, might just be a like, weird literally like does nothing for you. Right. It's yeah, like one it's of vestigial. those. Just, right. Yeah. For that to be a, a random side effect of this, it's just so yeah. random. It's odd. Yeah. Definitely. Here is this thing that literally you can live with or without it. Have fun with that. <laughs> yeah. It's very strange. It's it's a thing that's reported over and over again. I don't know. Can't win them all. Do you really even want to win your appendix? That's a pretty <laughs> shitty prize. I don't I don't ever want to lose it because from every every person I've ever known that's had to get it removed, it sounds like it's that yeah, lead before. up to it is terrible. Yeah. Terrible. For sure. Terrible. I, I don't pain. want any of that. Yeah, definitely not. You want to hear a, a story? <laughs> I have another encounter. I would love to hear your story. All right, let's hear another encounter. Let's hear it. Now, these are basically, this is basically just, I pulled a couple of my favorites that I encountered during my research. All right. Okay. Okay. Begin. It almost felt like a dream. I woke up to my dog, Lucy, barking. She was upright on the bed where my wife and I were sleeping with our two-year-old daughter. Staring at our door like an unknown stranger was out there rummaging around. I thought she was just freaking out over a, over a house noise. We'd only had her for three months, and she was still a puppy. It could have been anything. Our roommate, a creak from the house settling, the awnings moving outside in the breeze. I wasn't too concerned initially. Just to stop you really quick. Do we know uh-huh. what breed Lucy is? No. <sighs> Not sure. All right. I'm going to picture her as a Newfoundland. Nice. Good choice. She's a big puppy. Yeah, a big old pup. Yeah, all right. Paul's the size of saucers. (laughs) Three months old. Literally the size of your face. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I decided the best bet would be to open the bedroom door and show her nothing was there. It sounds a bit silly, but it's what we do with our daughter when she gets scared, and I figured it should work with a puppy, too. I opened the door, and she raced to the front door. She stood there, snarling. It was an angry, violent growl, one I had never heard her make before. I looked groggily at her and opened the baby gate, blocking the doorway, planning to open the door and show her everything was alright. The second my hand reached the deadbolt, Lucy went wild. She started barking and jumped toward me. And when I touched the metal, she suddenly changed her temper. She whimpered, almost like she was afraid and backing down. As her mannerisms changed, so did mine. I wasn't calm anymore. My heart was racing and sinking at the same time. 
I'd been flooded with a mixture of fear and dread. I looked through the people. I can't explain why I looked, but I did. Outside were two kids. One was just a bit shorter than me, and didn't look much younger. I'm 21, and she looked to be 16 or 17. She was slender and pale. Her hair was a light shade of honey blonde, and she wore a long about mid and she wore it long about mid back with long thin blunt bangs in the front that covered most of her eyes. She wore light washed jeans and a thin looking olive colored pullover style hoodie. This dude must be like a fashion person because <laughs> that's like an in depth description right. of her outfit. Also, can I just point out the fact that he was just going to open this door all willy nilly without yeah. even looking out? Like, if your dog is like running to the door and it's barking at it, the first thing I would do is look out. Yeah. He's like, I don't know why I looked at the people. I'm like, I fucking know why. Exactly. Like, yeah. that's what you should do. Fucking some, dummy. For some reason, I just felt it necessary to look out there. I wasn't going to, but, uh, well, might as well. I was just going to swing my front door open with wild abandon. Idiot. Balls this to the wall, to yeah. run into the backs. He's just like, I'm going for it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, she held the hand of a small girl who looked to be around three or four, in the same style jeans and a button-down ivory cardigan. The smaller one looked at the floor shyly, but had the same shade of hair tied back in a, po- in a ponytail. She held a stuffed toy under her free arm, and it was identical to the one that my daughter has, Aww. as was their style of dress. Had it not been for the feeling of overwhelming dread and fear... I probably would have asked these children in and given them some tea or hot chocolate to get them out of the bitter cold. Maybe a warm saucer of milk? Exactly. Like a stray kitty. (laughs) Exactly. But something about them seemed off. At this point, I hadn't made any noise. I hadn't shushed the dog or grumbled. Nothing. I hadn't turned on any lights. These kids had no indicators I was at the door. The older one spoke. She had a voice that was mature, confident, strong, and accentless. She held her head tilted downward, and I couldn't see her eyes. She said, We have to use your phone. I stood frozen in fear. How did she know I was there? She raised her head to face me directly, and that was when I saw her eyes. There was a reason I couldn't see them through her bangs before. They were black, or midnight blue, or dark purple. They were otherworldly. She said... Our mother is worried. As someone who has always been interested in creepy stories, I knew what she was the second she looked at me through the door. I have never been one to believe in these things, as a staunch atheist and skeptic. When it comes to the paranormal, I had written off many a ghost story from friends and family members eager to tell their tale. I didn't believe it. Still, I couldn't rationalize my way out of this. I was standing with nothing but a thin wooden door between me and a black-eyed kid. There was no questioning what was right in front of me. I did not answer her. Slowly and silently, I backed away from the door, Lucy still cowering at my ankles. She kept talking. Just let us in to use your phone. I took another step back, and with that step, the tone changed. At first, she seemed polite. When I took that second step back, she became commanding, almost hostile. We're not going to hurt you. If we wanted to do that, we would have broken in. I'll ask again, may we come in and use your phone? (laughs) Lucy snarled at the door, and I inched backward, though something inside me seemed to be slowly pulling me back toward the door. It wasn't a physical pulling so much as a subconscious need to go back and let them in. 
I got to my room, covered up the window, locked the door, and sat there in the dim light of the nightlight. I heard her call me back to the door once more, and then quiet. I didn't go back to sleep that night. I haven't slept right since. I know from reading about them that Becks can't just come in without permission. I know they haven't hurt anyone, but I still fear I'll be the exception. When I told my wife, she said it was just a dream. She keeps telling me to forget it, but this lingering feeling of sadness, this dread when the house is silent at night, this fear of a knock at the door, this tells me otherwise. No doubt. Yeah. Crazy. You know, if nothing else, at least they're persistent. Right? They're definitely persistent. (laughs) (laughs) I like how they seem to always throw in, we won't hurt you. (laughs) Right. Like, we're not dangerous. If we wanted to, we would have broken in. Yeah. So you can rest easy knowing that we did not. Right, you fucking creep. They're basically just vampires. That yeah, that's one. I of, mean, that traditional like yeah, can't come in unless invited. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, a lot of people. That's one of the like go-to theories is they relate them to vampires. A vampire alien. Yeah. Plus, like the pale skin, the weird eyes. Mm-hmm. Like vampires don't aren't necessarily always described as having black eyes, but like. Still, just like off-putting eyes. The also the, the hypnotic, skin. yeah, compulsion, the if glamour you will, or whatever. Yeah, let me glamour you. <laughs> That's so lame. I don't know which one does that come from. It comes from one of the stupid ones, like Twilight or something. They're all stupid, Ryan. <laughs> you know, I beg to differ. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> I like Vampire Diaries, so I use compulsion. I like that. I'm proud of you for admitting that in public. Oh, I don't mind. I'll admit that to anybody. <laughs> you get sucked into these shows and something about it just... It's just like some of these stupid... And now I'm going to go off on a tangent for a moment. Go for it. But some of these stupid, like, uh, these reality shows, I found myself just getting sucked into so hard. Like there's, Dude, get there's something about like the drama and everything to it. Like yeah. that's more so what it is. It's like I get sucked into the drama. I don't yeah. know why. Because like I, I I try to live at least as much of a drama free life as I can. Right. Same. But yeah. I feed off of other people's <laughs> drama ridden lives. Yeah. That's why it's so appealing. I think, <laughs> I think because so. like I don't experience any of that shit. Like you and I both know people who like live on drama oh god like their whole lives is creating drama right and like i don't know how those people could watch those shows right like it's just more of the same for them yeah but to them they're like oh bitch you you know better than that (laughs) i would never let this happen (laughs) yeah they're like feeling empathy for the characters (laughs) and they're like relating to it yeah i i mean i've I've gotten sucked into my fair share of those dumb reality shows. So that's that's what I was trying to say. Like, you know, so like of course, you know, I don't mind I don't mind admitting it because it's funny. Like to me, like I find yeah. it ridiculous that I like these things. But yeah. I just for some reason I get sucked into them. And I hate yeah. how easily that happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just I mean, it's a thing though. In the same subject, I'll admit you know, so that you're not alone, at least. Right. I'll admit that my wife definitely got me hooked on... Um, Is it a vampire show? Yeah. True Blood? Yes, that's it. The one with Anna Paquin. Yeah. Yeah, she got me hooked on that one. I definitely watched all of that. And that show objectively sucks. Oh, I mean, especially once you get the fourth <laughs> season, they start, they yeah, start exactly. getting like, all the phase stuff. 
it just gets well, and very, that, very out there. The writers of that show had a really bad habit of like creating the starting point for a storyline and then just like dropping it. Yeah. Before it ever did anything. They did that over and over and over again. Until they, they did the, uh, what was the season they got into like Bill being like the new, um, leader or whatever mayor of vampireville or whatever <laughs> <laughs> louisiana yes you know that's what i'm calling it i can't why can't i think of what it's called but it's yeah. like a king or something yeah yeah basically so what do they call it yeah mayor of vampireville that was one that definitely sucked me in that show yeah that's a good one i think they had really compelling characters i think that's why i got sucked in right the writing was dog shit though writing is always dog shit in a lot of like the 99 percent of those shows yeah it sure is anyway so a lot of people talk about bex being vampires yeah or it's like a modern a modern iteration of the vampire lore right but you know you're missing a lot of key stuff right like Unless you want to go like energy vampires and maybe they like... I was thinking more psychic. Yeah, like they create these situations where they can feed off the fear of the people who are... Right, that and then that compulsion-y thing, like, and then yeah. being so persistent and... Yeah. Yeah. But they they sort of lock the experiencer in this this turmoil where they're like stuck. Do I like go forward or backward? And that's almost like... You could think of it as their way of keeping them locked in the sweet spot, yeah. right? For them to keep like feeding off of their fear. Yeah, that's fair. Right? Yeah, that's interesting. It's just such a, I don't know, it's such a weird, weird concept, but I also yeah. really like it. <laughs> <laughs> I've always liked the psychic vampire concept, right? So there's a weird tie in to Canuck Chase in Staffordshire in England, right? So. There was a story that came out um, that was supposedly related to a paranormal investigator named Lee Brickley um, over in in the UK. And the woman basically said, quote, Around two months ago, my daughter and I were walking through Birch's Valley, an area well known for its spectral sightings. Right, Canic Chase is like a really well-known haunted location in the UK. Okay. Um, She says, when we were walking, when we heard the screams of a young child, I couldn't tell if it was a boy or a girl, but they definitely seemed in distress and sounded very close to us. So we instantly started running toward the noise. We couldn't find the child anywhere, and so we stopped to catch our breath. That's when I turned around and saw a girl stood behind me, no more than 10 years old, with her hands over her eyes. She put them up her... She then put her arms down what by her side. You about to say? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she then put them up her. <clears throat> Let me reword she then that. Put, she then put her arms down by her side, which is when I saw her eyes were completely black. No iris, no white, nothing. This one creeps me out because it also has like some. Uh, it also sort of reminds me of the. From Doctor Who. The weeping angels. Oh, yeah. Because when she turns around, the girl's like covering her eyes, which is very weeping angels. There's a, there's in the new DLC for Resident Evil Village, there's Uh a, uh, there's an area with mannequins that's very much weeping angel style. Like you turn away and they're, they're after you. 
you turn back and nice. then they're like they're right there yeah yeah that's awesome that's funny because mannequins were also the proto weeping angels in doctor who like the very first episode of the reboot was the mannequins oh yeah yeah in the that's store, right, yep. right? Mm-hmm. yeah and they acted uh, very similarly um so brickley the investigator he said when he when he posted this story he said that his aunt had a similar experience in the same place in Canic Chase. Okay. She heard the screams, ran frantically looking for where they came from, and eventually saw a girl around six years old who then turned around and showed her coal black eyes before running off into the woods. Quote, there was a police search, but to no avail. At the time, no one had any reason to believe anything paranormal was going on, but the girl cert- because the girl certainly appeared to be of flesh and blood. So, a lot of people... Another big theory is ghosts, right? That these are like a modern iteration of the like hungry ghost or the wandering spirit, you know, that's like out looking for something. Right. Some yeah. Help. Yeah. Which is, you know, the ghosts of children are definitely not a new thing. Like we've talked about it a lot yeah. and they go back centuries. Right. And a lot of like, I was going to say in a lot of uh, stories of ghost children, they're always looking for for help with something right for their parents for right. home for yeah exactly like uh and, and i go back to that same i think we mentioned this in one of the previous ones the uh the irish castle of, um lep castle yeah leap castle yeah or whatever yeah whatever it was yeah leap lep whatever it doesn't matter we're american yeah. we can call it leap castle <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the one the two girls and the one she was like reported to have like have fallen to her death and stuff yeah over and, and over she was again. always like yeah. looking at, was it like looking for her body or something and trying to get back yeah. like whatever to this yeah yeah uh yeah so i mean yeah that that holds up yeah i mean because they are always asked they always do seem to be like wanting to contact their parents or they're looking for a ride right. or something on the subject awesome, of them though. being ghosts, a dude on a coast-to-coast AM call-in, he theorized that Bex are the ghosts of children who have committed suicide, which is pretty fucking dark. That's extremely dark, but honestly, that's a solid, like, that's a solid idea. It's a good premise for yeah. a horrifying I'm, horror film. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's... Like, I think it's just, like, an attempt to say, like, they're ghosts, but obviously they're different than other ghosts. So what could... What else what could, could they like, be? keep them separate? What could make them be so different? Yeah. Like, it's it's weird. Yeah, well, that makes sense. So, another of people's go-to theories on this, you're going to like this one, is that Bex are alien hybrids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. So this sort of goes along with the commonalities between Bex and Men in Black. Right. Right? The, like, weird otherworldliness of them. Um, uh, There are quite a few reports of people encountering Bex after having UFO sightings. Um, There's one woman... Okay, so a woman named... Only Maria. Maria. That's that's that's, how, that's the only way she's Maria! known. So, a woman named Maria claims that she was abducted by Greys at 25 years old. 
that they harvested all of her eggs while she was abducted, right? And then she was visited by Bex two years later. She said that she felt, during the encounter, she felt like they were her children. Um, but she couldn't manage to speak in their presence. Ah. So she, like, she didn't ask them any questions or anything. But then her husband comes home. She's like, she lets them in, right? Because she feels like they're her kids. Um, Bet she never so had kids. They, yeah. She knocks on, the, they knock on the door. She lets them in. She's like sitting in her den while they say weird shit to her. And the whole time thinking like, these are my kids. And then her husband comes home. He opens the door, the front door, and they vanish. Like in front of her. Huh. She sees okay. them like dematerialize in front of her a pretty wild story and she wasn't off put by the black eyes no because like the same when you think about it the way grays are described their eyes are the same color that like liquid black right of of course yeah which is another check in the alien hybrid so she was like well they took my eggs they have to be my kids they have black eyes like aliens exactly sure it all adds up alien yeah yeah. What other logical explanation could be? <laughs> In her defense, there are no logical explanations here. Eh, touche. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. None of this shit makes any sense at all. All right. I I, I like the idea of of a Ming, you know, like these half breed whatever. Yeah. Cuz it you know, it's, it, you, I think you know, just throwing this out there. I think, you know, there's a lot of, like, half alien, half people <laughs> out there. You but think so? I don't see them as these black-eyed kids. You know, but maybe that's... You think they blend in better? I, I Wait, yeah. I definitely think they do. And I'm not talking about, like, the silly reptilian stuff like that, whatever else, you know. I mean, I'm talking about, like, legit normal looking people that are hybrids exactly see i wonder if there's a range so let's say like just like if someone with like olive skin and black hair and someone with you know pale skin and red hair have kids if they have three kids they might have one that has red hair and one that has you know dark hair and yeah it's it's there's like a range of possible results of course of that of that combination right so I wonder if some of the alien hybrids blend in perfectly. They look like you and I. Some of them get the alien black eyes, right? And they're black-eyed kids. Or maybe it's something that they grow out of. Yeah. Once they mature. Could be. Maybe that's part of hybrid human. <laughs> you just wanted to pronounce that hard Mature. <laughs> maybe that's part of hybrid puberty. Right. Losing yeah, your black that's possible. Eyes. Yeah. Yeah. You lose your black eyes and you get hair under your arms. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I could see there being a range of results, is all I'm saying. I'm, like, I, maybe some of them look very alien and they have to stay back and, you know, can't come here at all. I mean, I'm sure there's definitely varying results and, you know, it's 
and just as I, I've seen, I, there's like this movie that keeps coming to mind that I can't think of what it's called. But these, like this, this group, they're out in the desert. Of course, they're camping and stuff. When uh, there happens to be this, like this UFO that touches down, whatever else. And then they like they have like these like flashbacks of being like basically abducted. And then next thing they know, they all end up pregnant, men and women, right? Okay. And then they're then like they're found out by the military, and the military takes them in, whatever else, and they're actually like aware of all this stuff and of course they're like studied and you know they have these little alien babies and sure i've never seen this movie i wish i could remember what it's called because <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> it's it's yeah it's really crazy and just weird but you should make a note for yourself to figure out what that is all right if we can figure it out we'll we'll get a link in the yeah. description but yeah, yeah and it's just and like and their whole pregnancy is like very rapid. They go from like yeah. not pregnant one day to like full, you know. Yeah. And that's term another the thing. Is, that's another thing in this woman's experience. It's two years between when they harvest her eggs and when she has this experience, but the kids are like ten and twelve. Right. Yeah. The size of a ten and twelve year old. Um so maybe like rapid development. Right. Or if you like, if you, you know, like aliens, like in the, the Area 51 movie that are basically like born out of these eggs. Sure. You know, like stuff like that. I mean, that's, that's definitely possible. Huh. It's an interesting idea. The whole alien hybrid thing, I think, goes off the rails a lot of times. A lot of folks like take it. They ride that shit right into the rocks. I mean, yeah. Like they go crazy with it, but. It's fun to like play around with as a thought experiment. Mm-hmm. Like, what would it be like? Right? Yeah. Maybe there would be a range. If we were if we were men in black, we'd probably know. Yeah, we would know. They just they're not knocking. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Put out the bat signal. We'll see if you get an invite. If I do, I can't talk about it. <laughs> I know. If I'm suddenly the solo host of the show a few months from now. I might come I back with like it. a lot of new knowledge, but no recollection of how I got there. Later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay, so one more small theory that I kind of just write off. Some people theorize that Becks are the result of children dabbling with magic, with like Wicca, paganism, Satanism, people that see those as like negative things. I mean, there is the idea of the black eyed kids being basically devil like the devil's children right right being like possessed yeah and so i mean i can see that right in line with that and that's where we get into that kind of like demonic demonic edge of it right yeah which is what we're gonna get into here in a minute because that's a big theory too um but i think if i think if playing around with wicca made you a black-eyed kid you and i well, we were black-eyed, black-eyed kids. kids a long time ago yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely and i'm sure at the time that's probably what we wanted <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> we just wanted a ride home <laughs> we're just two boys who want to ride home exactly yeah <laughs> our parents will okay, be here so, soon don't worry yeah don't worry they're both men for what it's worth so Another of the, like, the final huge theory on this is demons. 
is that there, I, I mean, like a that. ton of people think of yeah. Black Eyed Kids as demons. Um, my instant reaction to this personally, just because I'm so fucking over people saying everything is a demon. I mean... Like, my first reaction is just black. When it's warranted, like, I feel like that's okay. That's I'm starting to lose my... I'm starting to lose my objectivity about the subject because I'm so fucking sick of hearing that everything is a demon. I'm not throwing, you know I mean? I'm not pulling like a Zach Bagans. Yeah. Um, I know. You know, I'm saying like if it's warranted, I think I think that the demon idea is yeah. Like I think it's That's solid. what I'm saying is like this is a situation where it fits and I'm so tired of demons being thrown around that like even though it actually sort of fits here, you my still first want reaction it to be that. is just yeah, I'm yeah, I'm just sick of hearing about that's demons. fair. Um, but the um, there are lots of reasons, right? There are lots of of reasons why people lean that way. Like a lot of people say that they're demons because the people who see them can never describe their hands or feet. And apparently that's Ooh. demon stuff. That's <laughs> like, <laughs> demon stuff. Yeah. Apparently that's that's a a sign that what you're seeing is a demon. Yeah. If like you can't you can't describe their hands or feet okay. afterward. I don't know. I don't I don't I try to avoid demon stuff mostly, so I'm not like a huge right. I'm not real familiar with that calling just card like, of demons. Just like aliens, even even as kind of briefly mentioned in the Kelly Cahill case. A lot of cases, they never see their actual faces. Sure. You know, so... They just give, like, a shape. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's also the rotten egg smell. The, yeah. The, like, brimstone. Uh, yeah. Kind of, like, sulfury... Yeah. Yep. ...goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, <very gross. laughs> Yeah. Which, that's, like, classic demon. Yeah, of right? course. Is that, that sulfur, yep. that nasty smell. Yeah. Also, they expect that a demon would present itself as a child. That's like classic demon yeah. shit, too. Oh, yeah. To I like, mean, that's it's the easiest way to gain someone's, uh, not necessarily... Sympathy? Like, yeah, sympathy. That's that's There you go. Yeah. That's a perfect word for it. Um, yeah. yeah. Especially if it's you and your little, you know, your little sister that's carrying a doll that looks like the one that your child has. Yeah. That's a little on the nose trying to remind you of your own Exactly. You know, maternal instincts, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Often also people who see this are often parents themselves. So like I mean that's a good target. That would make sense, right? right? Yeah. 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 So the big book that's written on this. This is called Black Eyed Kids. It's written by David Weatherly. Is that Black Eyed Kids writes, the big book? Yeah, basically. Nice. The big book of Black Eyed Kids. <laughs> but no, um, David Weatherly, who is a fantastic writer, I think, when it comes to cryptozoology. He does cryptozoology really well. Like, he does the um, cryptozoology by states books, the series, where, like, each book is a different state. Right. Our friend Sam Sheeran does all the cover art for those. They're they're super good books. Um, but he has a bizarre theory, I think, about what black-eyed kids are. It's like a sort of Christian-fueled theory, 
I mean, that you could also argue demons as one of those two. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's, right. it's in this. It's in the demon subheading for sure. Um, so he actually argues that they might be the opposite. Angels? So he, he thinks that... Sort of, yeah. So he thinks that Bex exist to encourage people to get closer <laughs> to God. He like he claims that experiencers often go back to church after having their encounter. I mean, if you see something like, that like looks like afterwards. the face of evil, then I'm sure yeah, it's going to have you reevaluate what matters, sure. right? You're you're going to be like, well, obviously yeah. God probably exists in that case. I might as well uh yeah, exactly. I'm gonna need some God yeah, protection. Of yeah, I mean, I, which I, falls into yeah. his theory, right? Like it would be a trigger to get people. It's, it's not as wild as get people as to have that reaction. I know it's weird. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, personally, yeah. I'm not a fan of this theory at all. I think it's it's weird. It's like I don't know. The book was great. But I could have done without his, like, editorializing in it. Usually I prefer that to just a collection of accounts. Because a lot of people put out books that are just, like, scrolling a Reddit page. But it's not that. It's, But you can definitely tell that his, like, it's influenced by his belief system, for sure. I mean, that's fair. Like, his approach to them. You know, he's, he's the one writing it. You know, yeah. of course, it's going to be influenced by his own beliefs. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I definitely, yep. I think I'd have to disagree. I think that, like, I, I honestly, I think that's like a, um, you know, it's kind of like one of those. Somebody makes a point, and it's like, well, no shit. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> right? Okay, yeah. tell me something I don't sure. know. Yeah. Again, like you know, you see something that looks evil. Yeah. And if it affects you enough, it's it's probably gonna have uh, you know that that effect on you to where it's gonna you're gonna you're gonna start questioning like yeah. some kind of it yeah. doesn't matter what it some is some kind of impact on your world. If it's something view, that you right? don't know or that goes against yeah. what you would normally believe in, it's going to have you question things. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's I, gonna shake that you. should go without saying. Like, I, I I just disagree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I think but I think it's like a, a exactly. side effect of yeah. the experience, yep. not 100%. the purpose of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the difference. Is like he pushes it a step further to think like maybe that's yeah. its main I, I don't purpose. Like that. Is to create that reaction. Yeah, mm. me neither. That's I don't know, it's weird. It it just it's something about it that weirds me out. That right. Theory, it feels very yeah. like evangelical. To me, I mean, it, I would have liked I find the, they're actually alien or not alien. Of course, <laughs> they're actually angels. Like, I would have liked that better. Yeah. I mean, speaking of that, there is real quick a counterpart to black eyed, the white eyed kids, which is, of course, white eyed kids. Yeah. Which is super weird. <laughs> It's very weird. Um, so wide-eyed kids, there are basically Zombies. two theories on them. One, that they're basically like the sworn enemies of black-eyed kids, and they're like <laughs> hunting them. 
Right? There's this, like, secret war going on between these, like, child-sized monsters. Well, now we have this war on angels and demons. Yeah. That's basically... Right? Okay. It's, yeah. it's like a proxy war for heaven right. and hell going on between... Of course. And... But the other theory, the actual... The main... The preferred theory, I would say, is that they're, like, the black-eyed kids' managers, basically. <laughs> <laughs> like, not like entertainment managers. Like, think like a high, like a an authority structure, right? Like yeah. they're they're bosses. Yeah. Well, basically. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. I think we're like. I think that steps into the land of like fan fiction. Stuff, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's starting to. I think. I think it it's easy. I think people gravitate toward that theory because you they're seen much less often, right? So you think like, you know, 50 workers to one manager, right? So like they're seen yeah. a lot less often and it, it just like falls into that that concept, but I don't know. I like the idea that they're like fighting this crazy war <laughs> between the two. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty funny actually. It is. Imagine like a black-eyed six-year-old and a white-eyed six-year-old just like having a Nerf gun fight. <laughs> That's what it is. It's like the you know like when you're trying to make a decision, you have like the oh, yeah the, the devil and the angel the on your shoulders, you're right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. A black-eyed kid and a white-eyed kid. Yeah. On your shoulder. Yeah. By the way, anyone who hasn't who hasn't watched your pretty face is going to hell. That that's one of the best episodes. It's a a show that um, that Henry Zabrowski is in. It was on Adult Swim for a long time. You can watch it on Hulu now. It's super good. Right. It's hilarious. It's basically like characterizes hell as like a there's like a an office. Basically, like there are grunt <laughs> workers. Yeah, and Henry Zabrowski is one of them. It's yeah, it's fantastic. Nice. Ridiculous and hilarious. On that very special note, I think that wraps up episode 79, Black Eyed Kids. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week. And it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every one of you, so please come and check us out on all the socials. At campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at campfire.totsau on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at ReverbNation.com slash Reverent. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers, stay weird and trust, trust in the unknown. unknown.